Welcome to Maple City Pipecast, the journey of a novice through the world of pipe smoking. Hey, Maple City Pipecast, Dave here. Today we're talking with Mike Murphy from pipeandtamper.com and the Pipe and Tamper podcast. I discovered Mike's podcast after he did a guest spot on Country Squire Radio, and then I reached out after listening to a couple because I thought it might be fun to have another podcaster on the episodes with me. So, without further ado, let's get into the interview. All right, so I always start these interviews out with, uh, how did you get into the hobby of pipe smoking? I was a pipe smoker for about 20, I'm sorry, uh, a cigar mm-hmm. smoker for about 20 years or so. And one day I just decided I was tired of it. So uh, I rang up a friend, in fact, the guy who actually got me into the hobby of smoking or the habit, I should say, of smoking cigars and say, hey, Lou, I'm. I'm a little tired of smoking cigars. I want to try something new. Have you tried a pipe? And he said, yes, he had. Uh, This was probably two and a half, almost three years ago. He said he had, and, you know, he he sort of um, told me where to go to buy a pipe and where to Mm -hmm. go to buy tobaccos. And uh, I went right to Amazon, uh, as instructed by him, which was a mistake in the first place to buy your pipe stuff from, <laughs> and ordered a Dr. Grubo, so a, a Graybo, I'm not sure how you say that. And I hated that pipe with a passion, mostly because I had no idea what I was doing. So, And I got some over-the-counter, I, I think it was probably, um, I don't know what it was, to be honest with you, but it was terrible. It was all dry, and I did not have a good time, Dave, smoking my very first pipe, because I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I even consulted the YouTubes, and I still was pretty clueless about how all that worked. And I'd say about two weeks in, I learned how to pack the pipe properly, and it changed everything. Yeah, I've always told people, and I've been lucky that I was lucky in this regard that I had somebody there who knew how to smoke a pipe when I first started. But I always tell people, if they're new, get somebody who knows what they're doing to show you some of the basics. If you can get somebody right there with you, it saves you headaches in the long run. It does. And if you have a tobacconist local to Mm -hmm. you, that's really the place you want to go when you're buying your first pipe and your your first tobaccos and it, you know captain black is sort of a a go-to for for newcomers it wasn't for me but i mean i did try captain black and it was better than the that walgreens over the counter stuff that i had and, and you know if i had had a local tobacconist show me what to do it, you know that initial experience probably would have been a lot better for me how long have you been at pipe smoking? I was listening to some of your earlier podcasts from Pipe and Damper, and at that time you had only been smoking a very short amount of time. Yeah, I'm I'm closing in on three years now, so this is a new hobby or lifestyle choice for me, and I am still very much uh, my palate is still very immature when it comes to tobaccos. Uh, in this time, I've learned that I like English blends more than anything else, and it you know it took about two years for that to actually happen. So to answer your question, I'm going on three years now. And you actually answered the question I was going to ask right after that, as it was going to be what was your favorite blend, but you got right to it. It's the English blends. Yeah, I, I enjoy English blends. I mean, I, I'll try any tobacco once, but. English blends are the ones I tend to constantly go back to and constantly in search of something that I like. My sort of my favorites are right now Boswell's Northwoods 
Esoterica, mm-hmm. Pembroke. Um, I love GLP's Quiet Nights, uh, uh, Star of the East, and um, not necessarily in English, but very similar to in English, is uh, Seattle Pipe Club's Plum Pudding, which is a Balkan. So mm-hmm. those are okay. like if I were to be thrown onto an island with half a dozen tobacco choices, those are the ones I would probably Those are the ones you'd want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I smoke pretty much anything that I can get my hands on too. Um, being in Canada, it's a little bit harder to have some on hand. I love the the online retailers for this because it's a lot cheaper to go through the states, even if uh, I get hit with duty uh, coming across the border. Because the prices, even like the prices here in Ontario, are better than they are in BC. But still, we're getting hit with like thirty five bucks a tin. That's and, insane, uh, and that's on top is. of the cost of the tin, right? No, once we hit retail. Like once we, if I was to go down to the oh. tobacco store here in town, retail would be thirty five dollars for the entire like for wow. the tin. I can buy, even if I get hit with duty, I can buy two to three equivalent uh, amounts of bulk tobacco from smokingpipes dot com for that same thirty five dollars. So it's a lot cheaper if you're in Canada to go bulk. Sure, absolutely. Once in a while, go support your local brick and mortar. That's pretty yeah. much a must. Yes, but. For your for your the bulk of your purchasing, I would say go go with the online. So when you say here, it's insane. When you say you get hit by duty, I'm assuming you're talking about custom fees or yeah, customs yeah, exactly. Fees, I should say like yeah, exactly. When uh, when we uh, bring tobacco in over over on our side from from your side, when it crosses the the border in the post office, it gets sent to customs and they go through and they'll assess duty and handle whatever they need to whatever taxes need to go on to it um on occasion i've been getting i get hit like maybe every three or four orders one will go through on a random check so it's not really that bad it's I not wonder, every time i wonder what the trigger point is i mean if you could figure that out you might I have figured it out actually that's why it's only random checks that i get nice nice if you you legally we are allowed to bring across um four tins worth so it's like 200 grams sure and after that point, it triggers. The other way it triggers is price point. If you can keep your orders below $100, you don't typically get hit when it's coming across the border. Hmm. But you hit that $100 mark, you get hit every time. So it's all about money for customs. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what isn't, right? So anyway, I think when I set this up, I determined that you and I started our podcast, what quote unquote, full time right around the same time back in February. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep, and I, I, I want to come clean here. I didn't know um, Maple City Pipecast or Maple City Pipecast existed until you contacted <laughs> me. Um, I'm not the kind of guy to go through like the backlog when I discover a podcast, but I listened to probably five or six of your latest mm-hmm. ones, and I I subscribed and I dig it. I I like your format, your style. They're all quick, they're never too long, and they're fun to listen to. Yeah, I honestly didn't know about yours either until I heard it on Country <laughs> Squire Radio. <laughs> Your interview there, so casting works. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I. So yeah, about about February, I, I sort of launched it. You're right. Okay. Was there any uh, particular uh, reason for it? Like just something you wanted to do, or like just like I know you got a full time day job during the week, but uh, like just for like hobby, something to do, something different. So I've been podcasting going on seven years. I have another podcast. I used to do it weekly, but now I'm doing it once per month. 
I wanted to sort of give up some of that time to do this one because this, this oh, gotcha. hobby has sort of consumed me. Um, and <laughs> yeah, since I had the know-how in terms of podcasting, I figured I would use that along with this hobby that I'm p- obsessed with now. This would be my contribution for it. So having the know-how and the equipment to podcast and having had podcast for seven years and over 300 episodes with this other show that I do, mm-hmm. I decided to sort of start a new podcast with the topic that, you know, obviously is uh, tobaccos and tobacco pipes and everything that surrounds it. So to answer your question, it was really a matter of sort of my way to contribute to this this community that turns out to be uh, – Really fantastic, I think. Yeah, I haven't uh, had too many negative experiences uh, going through the pipe smoking and the, the pipe world either. There, there have been the odd ones, like you know, going to a, our local store. Not to disparage them, they're great, depending on who's behind the counter. But I think you get that anywhere. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's been great. I've reached out to quite a few people. And actually, not too long after I reached out to you for this interview, somebody who listened to... Um, the last uh, the interview that released this month, uh, the bear bear pipe interview, contacted me and wanted in. So I'm saying I set up something with him for a couple weeks from now, so that we can get get a recording done. Yeah, it's all sort of viral mm-hmm. in a way. You know, um, you found out of you found out about pipe and tamper through my guest spot on Country Squire, and so that's sort of how this whole thing works when it, it really is. comes down to it, isn't and it? And it's been great so far. Like. You listen to some of my recent stuff, but I, when I started out, I was only doing three to five yeah. minutes, and I did it every day for a while. Yeah, if you go back, wow, I, I didn't realize that. I've got content-wise episode numbers around 160 episodes already, but that's because I did. That's because I did every day sure, for a couple sure. months for five days a week. Yeah, yeah, that that adds up very quickly, yeah. especially if they're short like that. But and it's still oh, yeah. quite a bit of work to do, even if they're just three to five minutes. It's a, it's a, you know. Uh, a bit of a behind-the-scenes uh, production work to, to handle. For a different project, I just put together one. I'll, uh, another project I'm start, I started, it was a, the first one I did that was like an hour long in recording time. It took me an afternoon to edit that thing. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it can be tedious, absolutely. So my other podcast, we do generally 45 minutes to an hour, but we have that thing so well refined that it doesn't take a whole lot for me to produce that anymore. And I'm, I think I'm getting, I'm getting to that point with pa- uh, pipe and tamper. I have a structure show. The most important part of it being the uh, the mm-hmm. second segment, which is the interview, and those. Those are everything is pretty easy for me to edit at this point. Whereas when I first started editing a one hour long podcast some seven years ago, that literally took me eight hours to do. Oh, yeah. So the more you do it, Dave, the easier it gets. I also lucked out that when I was in high school and whatnot, I was a sound tech for drama. So my drama club. So I got a little bit of sound experience. That helps. Sure. That definitely helps. Wow. We're already through the questions I wrote down. <laughs> See how easy I am. <laughs> okay, well, I'll go to the last one I had written down. I, am, sure. I know you're still a newer pipe smoker. Like, I'm not that far ahead. Yeah, I'm only about five years in. But well, given your, your level of experience, would you have any advice for a pipe smoker who was starting out today? Yeah, I think so. I think if if I had to do it all over again and if I had like a tobacconist to to actually help me, to teach me how to properly pack a pipe, go that route. 
unfortunately, tobacco, tobacconists and brick and mortars are disappearing by the day. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're listening to this and you're thinking of starting to smoke a pipe, I'd go to YouTube and just type in how to smoke a tobacco pipe. And there are tons of videos that you can lean on for that. And they're all different. Everyone has their sort of own style, their own way uh, to pack a pipe and to smoke a pipe and to clean a pipe and all that stuff. So lean on on YouTube more than anything else because it's a visual aid that we didn't have, you know, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And now that we have that, it's easy. It's easy to learn literally about anything you want to learn about and the hobby that we're involved with is no different. So, and, and I'd say buy a decent pipe out the gate, like buy a hundred dollar factory Savinelli and then buy a, a nice tin of aromatic pipe tobacco. And I say that because I think as new, new, most new pipe smokers are attracted to the smell and the scent and the Mm -hmm. odor of, uh, of an aromatic. So, just don't buy – I mean, Lane, Lane 1Q would be a good example. Buy an ounce of that. At worst case scenario, you don't dig pipe smoking after a few weeks. You can sell it all on eBay. True enough. And if you yep. don't – my advice and, and to add on to that, if you don't have the money that you need to spend on even a $100 pipe, find somewhere that sells Missouri Immersions, corn cob pipes. Sure. They're sure. cheaper and they're a good quality product. Yeah, and, and I use I use a $100 Savinelli example simply from my experiences well, yeah. this uh, dr grabo wasn't the best thing for me uh, and uh, you know i didn't discover savinelli till months afterwards but my first real pipe was a big bin for green and i paid like 90 dollars for it and it made a world of difference that pipe smoked so much better than the dr grabo did yeah quality makes it better no matter what you're talking about whether it's pipes cars doesn't matter you you get what you pay yeah. for we all know that yeah yeah, and if you're on a budget, like many pipe smokers are, many people are, yeah, uh, Missouri Mearsham, a $5 cob will absolutely suffice because they're, they're great little, you know, throwaway pipes. And if you treat them right, they last just about as long as a briar in some cases. Uh, they do. They do. I bought a, um, well, I've bought many cobs, but um, a couple of the custom cobs I've purchased throughout, you know, the last, over the last three years, I still have. And... Mm-hmm. I expect to have them for a lot longer. So, Oh, there is something else I was wondering, too, going down back to the pipe and tamper. I know you've got quite a few interviews under your belt now just by looking at the list that i got to catch up on. Sure. But uh, did you have any that uh, were, like, favorites or, you know, that you learned something that you had that was totally unexpected or anything like that? Uh, I, I don't think I have a favorite per se. I really enjoy sort of chatting with everybody I talked to, and I think if you listen to the back episode, you'll see that they're all, I, I'm not using a, a template of questions. All the questions are all very different. I think when it comes to the interviews, um, one of my early sort of ones I liked was with, um, uh, Jim Simon. He owns Hill and Hill Tobacconist uh, outside of Detroit. And since I own several of Paul Menard's pipes, I had him on and it was great chatting with him who else sort of um you know chris morgan from morgan pipes mm-hmm. you're you know you're familiar with mm-hmm. the bones yep. series I had him on and i don't have a favorite i, I literally everyone is my favorite At every time every time i talked with somebody or talk with somebody i always say afterwards i think that's the best interview i've done <laughs> so i said that today i interviewed a, a pipe carver this morning and I, got, I thought hmm that was a great interview so they're all my favorite. <laughs> I 
That's a good answer. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not playing favorites, in other words, you know. <laughs> no, I, I knew that was a loaded question when I asked it. Sure, it's just one sure. of those things that it just happened to pop into my head. And I didn't think you'd have a specific favorite that you were going to pull off of, but I figured yeah, there was no, something. Sometimes, sometimes you really do, though. Like with my other po- – I have a, a movie podcast, and I got to interview Jim Wynorski, who is a – sort of this – prolific 80s horror movie director okay and i'd been watching his stuff for years and going into that i was super nervous and you can hear it during the interview but that quickly became one of my favorite interviews and him and i after that became very good friends which is kind of weird right so um yeah you know i I do have favorites Uh, in the case of um pipe and tamper it's just a, a joy to talk to everybody that I have talked to. I will say I, I have a uh, an interview with Joe Langford that hasn't gone up yet. And, you know, I love the Seattle Pipe Club blends. And to mm-hmm. talk to him about the new blend they're coming out with in early November was uh, a real treat for me. And I'm hopefully going to release that episode in about two weeks. I don't know when this interview will go live, but um, – the Joe Langford interview is coming up next. Yeah, by the time this goes out, it's uh, that your interview with Joe Langford will already be out. It's uh, this one's not gotcha. gonna this one's not gonna go live until you know, sometime in November. Sure. So for those of you who are listening, it's already November. Hi. <laughs> it is. It is November. It's a futuristic podcast. It's a Back to the Future podcast. <laughs> if that was a, still a series, I would so start a podcast on it. If it was like a TV oh, yeah. show or something, I oh, yes. I do one of those TV talk sh- podcasts on Back to the Future. If that if it was right. a, not a three movie trilogy, <laughs> obviously we've got you you know you, you do pipe and tamper. Um, I'm assuming like mine, that's available pretty much anywhere. Yeah, it is. It's uh, mostly streams through iTunes because there's sort of the right. elephant in the room, but you can get it. Uh, you know, through Apple Podcast, Overcast, Google Podcast, TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, and literally everywhere else, or every podcast app available for mobile devices. And you can go to pipeandtamper.com and literally click on the play button to listen while you're on the internet as well. And if anybody uh, is listening and have a mind to follow you on social media, is there any place they can look you up? I'm mostly um, an Instagram guy. So, yeah, you can follow me or, as I like to say, the show via Instagram. Just uh, search for Pipe and Tamper. All right. So that's going to be it for the interview here, Mike. Thanks very much for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking forward to catching up on your podcast. Absolutely, Dave. I appreciate you reaching out to me, buddy. And another thanks out to Mike, who took the time out of his day to come on this little-known podcast and be a sporting guest. I really appreciate you coming on. And I just wanted to encourage you to head over to pipeandtamper.com and listen to the podcast or or search Mike out on iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are available. And have a listen. He's got some interesting interviews from what I've heard so far, and they're definitely worth uh, worth having in your rotation. I would certainly be glad to get any feedback that anyone may have on this or previous episodes. You can contact me either through email via maplecitymedia at gmail.com or you can contact me through Maple City Media's Twitter handle at Media Maple or the show's Twitter handle at MC Pipecast or my own personal one at DRAllen201. Any one of those three will get you in contact with me and uh, let me have uh, your feedback. You've been listening to Maple City Pipecast, a member of the Maple City Media Network. For information on this and other shows, please visit maplecitymedia.wordpress.com. 
Thanks for listening, everybody, and good smokes.